I'm sitting here with Rich Chu today. Rich Chu is the VP of Digital Design at MTV, VH1, CMT, and Logo. So you're a member of the AIGA's New York Board of Directors. You specialize in bringing your unique illustrations and design style to major brands, including the above mentioned, as well as Nike, Coke, Converse, American Express, NPR, Verizon, uh, and a whole bunch of others. I'm excited to talk with you, not just for your professional experience, but also for the energy that you're capable of bringing to your work. So let's just dial back and start at the beginning. In undergrad, you went to Rutgers University. You studied communications and psychology. What was the road that led you from that into being in design and illustration? I was always into illustration in some capacity. I was, I was always a big comic book nerd. Mm. I spent most of my childhood years going to comic book shops. I was always enamored by that. I remember actually the first comics that I bought was a uh, Amazing Spider-Man 238. I remember it was an Eric Larson issue mm. yeah. and it was a, a, a Sinister Six storyline. I, I always wanted to do that sequential storytelling really right. is what I wanted to do. When I was young, yeah. young. Then after I graduated Rutgers, one of my good friends, brother-in-law, Jason Atienza, he's a really talented, creative, amazing illustrator, artist. He was an art director yeah. at BBDO, and he'd won oh, Young okay, Guns yeah. through the Art Directors yeah. Club, and he kind of encouraged me to pursue art on a more um, you know, professional level. So yeah. I did that, and then I went to SVA for undergrad classes for like three years doing illustration design and also I did an advertising class too. Oh, wow. So how many classes did you take in continuing ed before you decided to apply to grad school? It was like at least two or three a week. I think I was playing catch up for a yeah. long time. And I, I was building up a portfolio geared towards editorial illustration. And then before I got into the SVA MFA program, I had approached Stephen Heller in his last six months at the New York Times and then got published there. So yeah. that was really one of the first things that got me there. Okay. What brought you to, into editorial illustration? How would you get from like loving comics to editorial? Uh, I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't really know how I fell into editorials. Like, but I remember at the time I was really into street art and all skate culture, b-boy culture, uh -huh. that, that lowbrow, beautiful loser scene. Right. And um, I was really into Swindle magazine. Yeah, I remember Swindle. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of my early publishers as well. Yeah. In my heart, I always wanted to be like a graffiti artist. Right. So I followed that, that graffiti underground mindset into the creative arts okay and i just didn't have the patience for sequential it's interesting yeah there's a lot of money in publishing in right. editorial i feel like there's not as much momentum these days as there was back then yeah um, for sure although it's still you know like I, the cool kids they're in the editorial world i feel sure so. and it's a quick way to start your career and to make some money and develop a visual style and i still love doing editorial yeah. whenever i get the opportunity so early on what were some of the things that you were doing i feel like you're a good person to ask this because you were really engaged early on mm -hmm. more than most people I know in developing a community and just, yeah. just being present, not just uh, on social media, but right. actually in person. That's really interesting because I, I remember thinking, am I building a community? At the time, I just wanted to be around creative people, to be in a scene with creative minds, whether they were illustrators or not. You know, I, I made friends with photographers, made friends with designers made friends with musicians. We, we were all just kind of around each other. And then I think over time, we realized that there was a community there and, and that we were all rising together. I mean, obviously some people just fall by the wayside and yeah. just by, by virtue of life. 
but I've been fortunate to have some people that I've rode with for the past 10 years plus. So having that cross-pollination of creative energy, yeah. uh, that was really important to me early, early on. I was always going to the society parties. Mm-hmm. I was always going to the AIAP parties and, and just kind of mingling in that way. You always seem to be good at trying to make friends with people rather than just put your work in front of them. Exactly. I I think that there is an interesting nuance between having a transactional relationship and starting out transactional Mm -hmm. and then actually having a conversation with someone. I've always been the type to mitigate a transaction through pure conversation level. And I try to sneak in the, hey, if I can get some work or if you have a thing, I would love for you to consider me. Now I use it on the opposite side so I can mitigate what I feel might be a transaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then now more it's like, hey, can we just talk with people? And then we'll figure out all that other crap later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So past grad school, then what were some of the like if you're going to talk about some early highlights, just, yeah, just what were cool. some of those for you where you felt like you really were gaining traction? And yep. I, I think early, early on getting like the times I, they, I built a, mm-hmm. a pretty good uh, relationship with them. The New Yorker, of course. I won Young Guns, and that was really yeah. cool. Um, that was Young Guns 8. And what is Young Guns, just for anyone that might not be aware of what that is? For sure. Young Guns is a portfolio-based award that's given by the Art Directors Club now, which is part of the One Show family. And it rewards those with exceptional portfolios who are under 30 from all over the world. And right now, they just had their 17th iteration, I want to say. And it, I, I was a huge honor for me. Were there certain practices you think that were important beyond meeting people, just promoting yourself? Right. What were you putting online? How were you engaging art directors? Right. At the time, it was mostly my website. Yeah. I was never one for mailers, per yeah. se. I just didn't have the patience for it. Yeah. So I, I remember I put out one mailer right after grad school, and I was like, oh, I can't do this again. And I was like, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was sending a lot of uh-huh. emails and also still doing like portfolio drop-offs and stuff. Do you feel like at this particular time that you had either a style or a point of view, something that you were really pushing aesthetic-wise that you really would sum up as this is who you were at that point? Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I think a lot of my work was really quiet, but like visually vibrant. Yeah. But I think also it was melancholy Mm. because I was wrestling with my identity as an artist a lot. How how do you mean by that exactly? Well, well... I, th- I think the work translated to kind of the solitary artist. I think that it, I felt that way. So like a romantic kind of notion or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like a lot of like singular figures that are isolated in a world built for them. Okay. You know, and, I, and, I, and a lot of my illustrative solves yeah. in that editorial space kind of led itself towards that. But I still have this kind of big personality. It was interesting. But then it slowly transitioned from that into more of a high energy space. Mm. And I think that was because I'd become more at ease with my identities and artist. So while there was always colors, vibrancy, and also like a love of craft yeah. that I brought in early, early on. Now I've transitioned more into, I just, my work vibrates a little bit more, but I think right. that was also like a confidence thing. And also I, I started bringing more typography words and like a full integration of like other aesthetics. Yeah, exactly. Which is what I see a lot of on your site now is sort of like yeah. this blending of illustration and typography right. and very vibrant colors and, and all that. Exactly. 
a certain point, you started working a lot in, and you probably may have had other design positions, but I remember you talking about working uh, in theater. And that seemed like uh, maybe from an outside perspective, like things started to change for you a little bit. Um, yes. In, in that. Can you talk about that? For sure. Yeah. Uh, the company was AKA. AKA, okay. Uh, shout out to AKA right here in Times Square. Um, also, Bashana Carr, their ECD, and uh, Jamal Parham, their director of content, like two of my dearest friends. Uh, the way that came into my life was I'd uh, created a relationship with Creative Circle, mm -hmm. who a lot of uh, people who listen to this might be familiar with. They're mm -hmm. like a creative uh, recruitment company. Right. And then they put me up for this job with AKA. They needed an art director. And they needed someone that had that the variable skill set of you knew how to use photography, you knew how to use illustration, you knew uh, you had an awareness of typography. Yeah. And also you'd gone through the rigor of like agency life in some capacity. So me and Bashan immediately vibed and he was like, oh, yeah, let's get this guy. And then me and Jamal immediately vibed. Right. Right. So uh, what I didn't have walking in the door of the immediate skill set, I immediately learned because it's really sink or swim in that environment. Because yeah. it's a high quantity of work and everything starts the poster. And what were the skills that you were in need of? What the <laughs> workflow was. Yeah. Uh, because there, in, in that space, you're, you're dealing oftentimes with celebrities in mm -hmm. some capacity. There are a lot of photo shoots to wrangle. But there's a, such a wide variety of aesthetics. Like yeah. if you were to walk around Times Square right now, you would look at something like uh, the Temptations musical that speaks to like a Motown, orange, yellow, black color palette. Mm -hmm. And also that Temptations style, uh, you know, like male, male dancers singing R&B, right? Or something like Hamilton, which, uh, which has its own aesthetic, right? Or even something like the Alanis Morissette uh, Jagged Little Pill musical or Wicked, yeah. whatever. So you have to be able to attack it from a different visual aesthetic. I think that's why a lot of people that have been in editorial and like have to solve things quickly, have to solve things typographically, have to solve things illustratively and also with photography. Those people tend to do well in those environments. Mm -hmm. And then what you learn in Broadway is the system of expressive design where everything has a logo and also some sort of key art aspect. And then you have to really care about your messaging and then how do those three pieces break out across platform for a marketing campaign that might have to pivot at any moment because your ticket sales might be low. Yeah. You know, and you're always pitching constantly. I remember cranking out posters like every day. I remember we'd be in there making posters for on the town. We made 20 client ready posters. I had to go to print like Mad Men style. We did those in 48 hours. What were you like actually your work on that physically, what was that like? Was it sketches and, and there would be a team of illustrators that would work on that? Or were you just doing the illustration? Like what was, oh, how, how, how did, does that process work? Yeah, it'd be a kind of a variety sometimes. Sometimes you'd uh, just really have an idea yeah. and then you would uh, commission an artist, someone who was very well versed in the key art world right. to create comps for you. Mm. Or you commission an illustrator, but internally uh, we, we would always have to be well versed in Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign. And yeah. and we'd also have to have the basic knowledge of typography. We'd, we'd actually commission a lot of logos. Right. And so in that point, now you're working with some of the top talent, art directing them. Now you're in a position to actually hire. Uh, and how, how did that feel to talk with somebody in art direct uh, with real legends? Oh, that was such an interesting experience because by that point, I'd felt what it was like to be the other person. I knew that side of it. Yeah. But setting up the brief, making things clear and concise, mm -hmm. and also knowing what you're really trying to ask. And there's a psychology part. I, I know what I want, 
Yeah. But I want to remain open and receptive to, for exploration and allow the the artist to give me what they want as well. I want people to feel good about what they're producing too. Yeah. You know, if I want just a pair of hands, I'd hire a pair of hands, right? So setting up the brief, getting sell through on, on the organizational level of what the brief is, yeah. and then also having those lanes set and then guiding it to a finish theoretically. But yeah. then also conversely, if something doesn't get there, then you have to know how to pull the plug and when to pull the plug and then how to pivot because you need right. a plan B and a plan C. So let's skip forward to Nike. Yeah. Uh, I had this experience that was within that high energy youth culture space. And uh, that was showing in my portfolio. So I'm in a cab and I see in my email that a recruiter, she was like, hey, are you interested in working in Nike? I was like, oh, this is random. I don't know what this is. Yeah. So I replied, I was like, yeah, very interested. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it's turned into a conversation. And then it, it, it was a third party recruiter that connected me with, with Nike recruiters. And then I, I, I met with Zach Augustine. He leads the art department on the product creation side for Nike. And then flying out to Portland, interviewing with mm -hmm. some creative directors and art directors out there. And then I, I was at Nike for almost two years as their lead graphic designer, young athletes working on performance and, and sportswear. It was crazy. The, I think what they liked about my work was that I had done high energy basketball visuals with slam, um, youth culture, hip hop, you know, it was kind of my vibe, like with double XL. Yeah. And then also I knew the rigor of deliverables. I could hit deadlines yeah. and I knew how to communicate to people. Looking at a, at a big, really well-established brand like Nike. Yes. Where do we see you in that? I can flip on your Instagram and see some of the stuff you've done. Yes. In the bigger, larger world, where is your impact felt? Where do we see that? Oh, that's a good question. Well, it's a massive organization. Yeah. There are about like 700 designers across all the orgs there. Yeah. We would get briefed every season. I felt like a TED Talk every brief. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would bring you into this large amphitheater yeah. in, in Tiger Woods, the building Tiger Woods. And then they would bring in, you know, all these amazing guests. Like they brought in Paul Rodriguez, yeah. right? The skater, super dope, right? They brought in the number two person at NASA oh, one wow. time. They brought in a pitcher from the Cubs right after they'd won the World Series. It was that kind of environment. Yeah, sure. And you'd get briefed like once for every season. So you'd have one of these four times a year. And I was there for almost two years. So in that environment, it's kind of intimidating. And also you're living, you're in the middle of Oregon, in Beaverton, Oregon. It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've never been. To be quite honest, uh -huh. it rains a lot. Um, you can smoke a ton of weed because it's legal recreation. I literally, the week I'd moved, don't you dare cut this out. No, no this is going in. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, cool. So the week I'd moved, they had just made recreational weed legal. That was the energy of the place because it's all a bunch of hippies. That's the culture. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the actual organization, uh, the young athletes category, shout out to Marnie Gerber, who was the design director there. She was a great leader. I love her to death. She's been there for over two decades. She created, she designed the first Cheryl Swoops sneaker. Mm. Wow. So like one of the icons in yeah. the space, worked directly with Mark Parker and also Tinker Hatfield. These people, and I'm a sneakerhead. I've, yeah. I've been a sneakerhead since like I was a kid. A comic book nerd slash sneakerhead. It's going to go my tombstone, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you just meet these people that design sneakers that I'd worn, I'd bought, I'd nerded over, uh -huh. you know? 
And so when you're in that environment, I'm down to fall in line. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, right. I'll listen to you. <laughs> and so, you, you knew who these people were. You were fans of their work right. prior to going there. Is or at least right? fans of the work. Right. And you then know? you learned out who was behind that work when you went there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So when you're in the footwear organization, so to clarify, right, there's a marketing group, which was like creates the advertising campaigns. That's the outward facing stuff. Yep. Uh, they work with the Wyden and Kennedys, the Double Days and like all right. that stuff. I mean, then there's a product side where you're creating the actual product and then there's an art department there which hires graphic designers, illustrators. Yep. I sat in the footwear org, yeah. which is, you know, it's a footwear company. If you want to get even cooler, then you have to get in like, you know, basketball, you have to get in sportswear, you have to get in lab, uh -huh. you know, or you have to get in the code. The code is where they create all the living mood boards when you're getting briefed. They call it uh, uh, creative launch rigs. Yeah. Uh, it's so dope to like experience one of those. So I was the lead graphic designer in Young Athletes, and Young Athletes itself was like a $5 billion category. Every season, about 30 or 40 pairs of kids' shoes would touch my hands in some capacity wow. where I would either place a pattern or, you know, design a little icon, tongue top or something. Okay. If I had ideated and sold an idea through on a piece of like high profile footwear, then I would take the lead on that piece of footwear. There was a really great team there. It, it was really like a family and uh, being on that work schedule, you're designing sneakers in let's say 2015 and then you don't see it come out until 2017. It was that kind of world. It was okay. a little slow for me in terms yeah. of the level of output that I like to have, but it changed my life and changed the way that I thought about my creative process. That's great. So it's, in some ways it's almost like the shape and form of the shoe itself becomes the canvas where you're designing around. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the, you'd see the, the shoe being formed. Um, you'd be working with the footwear designer who's like the engineer. Yeah. You'd, you'd see how it changed and shifted over time. And then you'd adjust all your work according to that ecosystem too. Right. So it was dynamic or it was, you know, more static for lack of a better way of expressing that. Yeah. I'd heard you mentioned something before about the storytelling that goes into yes. yeah. shoes and that isn't something that inherently feels narrative to me but right. I'm really curious what you mean by that so the when you're telling a story through sneakers and this is apart from like the ad right so the sneaker itself is a three-dimensional form the actual engineering of it fits associated with an athlete let's say LeBron James an aesthetic and also like, let's say a musculature to the shoe yeah. that is an indicative of that type of athlete. LeBron's like a 230 pound 6'9 dude or whatever his height and weight are. So that shoe's like a big shoe. And for someone like his foot, it has to have a lot of support. Yeah. So it looks and feels a certain way. It's very different from a, a sneaker for, let's say like Kyrie Irving, cause he's, he's smaller. He wears like a size 13 as like a normal guy's foot. Um, and also he moves differently. So th there's that level of nuance from an yeah. engineering perspective. And then from a color perspective, those colors are usually assigned to like team colors. Okay. And then also there are <clears throat> colors based in like trend, fashion space. I mean, also let's say materials from leather to, to nylon to something synthetic or something like a fly in it or a LeBron. He utilizes uh, right now like a battle knit, which is like a, like a knit material, but very dense. Mm. So it maintains its shape and structure but it's technically cloth. And then when it comes to like the graphic design of it, there are logos, icons. There's also uh, sock liner graphics, right? Like all those little pieces. And that's a convergence of a lot of different types of designers. So you have yeah. a footwear designer, a material designer, a color designer that also has to align to specific uh, seasonal colors. And mm. then you have graphic, a graphic designer that's creating like typography, illustrations on a large scale or a small scale depending on what the story is you're trying to tell 
So those are the kind of narrative points you're trying to hit. Then you also have to hit the business parameters because yeah. Foot Locker might want something specific. Foot Action might want something specific. Okay. You know, like yeah. uh, Chicago might want its own thing. New York might want its own thing. Japan might want its own thing. It's, so you know, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any particular highlights that you got that you feel like you really left uh, your impression on any particular product right. that you're really like proud of? What was that? Oh, definitely the Hey Penny. The okay. Hey Penny little posit because yeah. that was, well, one, they, uh, Penny Hardaway has a pair that he wears on occasion on court when he coaches the Memphis Tigers because he's a college coach and also he's like a legend. So that's dope. Um, but also the the sketch that I was able to wrangle together kind of remained unchanged from sketch to finish oh, wow. or to, as a physical product. And then also nice. last year, I got to close the book on my chapter at Nike when I did. Uh, the first gen Air Max 270 reacts, and that was like more personal story. Yeah. And also, you know, I was able to buy some pairs for myself. So, nice. th- and that was like a, a material color, you know, holistic storytelling perspective. And I got to create a campaign to that. So, did you go directly from Nike to MTV? Yeah, actually, I remember in 2017, I made the, the decision that I wanted to move back to New York. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a sad, but also bittersweet decision because I loved my time at Nike, but I just felt like it was my time. Yeah. I remember I put in my two weeks. It ended up being six weeks. And then two weeks later, I got a phone call from a recruiter. MTV is looking for a VP of brand design. And are you interested in this? So it was a, it was a similar story to Nike. It was like, I was like, oh, cool. Sure. It, was, it felt like energy was converging around right. me. Right. Yeah. And and then I, I got on a phone call, not unlike when I was at Nike. I had originally thought I was just going to go back to New York freelance and, you know, do a thing. But I ended up coming here. Nice. So what are your jobs here? If you're just to describe what you're responsible for on a day to day basis. Got it. Come into the office. What do you do? Well, first thing I do is I pull out all my hair, but I've already pulled out all of it. So I got <laughs> don't have any left. Well, for the first couple of years as, as a VP of brand design for specifically MTV, <clears throat> it was a lot of logo creation, branding, a lot of campaign design, um, working on the, the look, feel, aesthetic of MTV on broadcast or what we call linear. So a lot of motion design, illustration, literally everything that I had in my toolkit, I had to reuse, right. yeah. you know, and also the, the quick turnaround skill that I learned and then working on other shows like Jersey Shore, uh, The Challenge, uh, Catfish, ended up winning a Telly Award for a, a Catfish uh, spot. Wild and Out, Wild and Out's become a big part of my life since. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really the, the visual curation of the channel. And like, then working with a lot of partners too. Like what are the materials you're actually producing? Got know? it. What are the materials? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Key art posters. Let's take a show like a double shot at love. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm using that is because uh, I that was a, a win for us last year. Yeah. So double shot of love was a, a dating show featuring Paulie D and Vinny Guadagnino right. from Jersey Shore. Yeah. Right. So that needed a key art campaign that had an out-of-home buy. So there were uh, billboards in Times Square for that. There were also billboards by Penn Station. There were a lot of digital banners. Also, there were TV spots that went out to that. So we did uh, a key art photo shoot, Kareem Black, one of my dearest friends. He shot that for us. And then 
We have to create a logo. Shout out to Joe Cosentino, one of our former but great designers. He and I worked on that logo together. And then we had to assemble those pieces for a key art campaign. And then also I worked with uh, Justin Friedis, an awesome creative director here. Uh, we paired on the look, feel, aesthetic of how that brand would, would manifest itself mm -hmm. in print and also on air, on yeah. TV. And then we also had to deliver that to a, a broadcast team that's actually shooting the show. So the show has to kind of look like the marketing campaign. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that ended up being yeah. like the number one cable premiere last year between the ages of 25 to 35 or whatever that demo is. Nice. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one for us. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Working at MTV, part of a brand is, is being able to recognize it. What sort of maneuverability do you have working with something that's so right. visibly established? MTV started out as like a real high energy disruptive youth brand yeah. with those classic eye dance, right? So the uh -huh. it was like one of the early dynamic brands yeah. where the logo would manifest itself in all these crazy iterations, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Um, and that still lives, you know, in apparel and also in a lot of like nostalgic places. Mm -hmm. But right now, I think the, the brand is reconfiguring itself cross-platform. Uh -huh. It's really maintaining the... The proper usage, if there was, if I were to say brand policing, you know, oh, okay. so that's the modern logo. Yeah. The retro logo is used for apparel collabs. It, right. it exists in a very specific space. The way it visually manifests itself as an, a holistic brand. Right. There are certain practices that we have in place now where when we create new logos for shows, we set the MTV logo with the logo. It's yeah. not unlike what Disney does. If you see... Uh, a logo associated with a platform brand or property um, is sometimes two logos, uh, I <laughs> yeah. see. big logo and tiny logo. Yeah. So that's a, a brand practice that we have. Okay. But then from a look, feel aesthetic, MTV still has an eclectic personality. Yeah. And that's what I still try to maintain, but with a design rigor where it still vibrates, it yeah. still speaks to youth culture and still speaks to an energetic mindset and an energetic approach. Mm -hmm. But we have to make sure that we are still attributing to the brand. Excellent. Well, yeah, man. Thank you so much, Rich, for all your time. And uh, it's a real pleasure talking with you. Matt Rota, we got to do this more often, hopefully over a beer next time. Please, next time. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> all right, Rich. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye.